Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. Amen. So this morning, man, I'm super glad that you guys are in the house of God because this is a prophetic day. Amen. This is a prophetic day because this is the last Sunday of 2020. Um, I've said that about three or four times uh, today, but I just want to kind of drill that in because this, this is, this is, there's something symbolic, there's something prophetic about endings and beginnings. And so, so for us on our calendar year, this is our ending uh, service. This is the last service uh, worship gathering that we will have in 2020, with the exception of a, a, like a, a few little groups, uh, like maybe small prayer groups that we have going on uh, next week. So we're crossing over from one into the other. So let's not miss what God is doing in the room today, okay? I just want to bring us to an alertness of what God uh, could be doing in the room, and that you were here today not because, well, I'm visiting my family from out of town, or uh, not because, uh, hey, I'm just, you know, here because my parents drug me to church, or my, my husband or wife, you know, made me come. No, you're here by divine providence. I want you to think about that for a second. Like, you are here by divine providence. You are here because God wanted you to be here. He woke you up this morning, and for whatever reason, you are here this morning. Now, when I woke up this morning, my first question out of my mouth was to my wife, because her alarm went off on her phone, was, is there, she, she immediately started getting up. Well, that's not what we typically do. We normally hit that snooze button, you know, two or three times. And my first question was, is there a snooze today? Like, we don't get a snooze on the last Sunday of the, of the year. And she's like, nope, get up. It's time to go. And so, you know, you might not have rolled out of bed feeling rambunctious about what God was going to do today. But it's like you have to shake uh, everything in you and say, hey, I got to get alert because God's got something for me today. Amen? Amen. So let's say our declaration this is the last time we're going to say this together. This is uh, the last time that we're going to be saying this one. And next week, we're going to be sharing with you what God is unveiling for us to really just put on the heart of our church for next year. All right? So let's say it like we mean it. You ready? God designed me to be fruitful. I choose to partner with his original plan for my life. The very last... Uh, words of that scripture that you read from Jeremiah 17, uh, uh, Tim, said that basically it will bear fruit in every season. Like we are like trees planted by the waters, the river of life, and that we will bear fruit in every season. That's why in 2020, we can bear fruit because we are ingrained and grafted in Holy Spirit. That's why, you know, I used to look at people like they were crazy when, they, when we would be going through a recession or something, and they, they would make declarations like, you know, I know our country's in a recession, but I choose not to participate. And then I realized, wow, the authority of the believer in me gives me the ability to say that, yes, even though the country is experiencing a downturn, even though the economy is experiencing this, even though my job is saying this, even though my, uh, the doctor is saying this, I choose not to participate in that. I choose to participate in the Word of God and what it says about me. I love that one line in the song. I loved a lot of the lines in them, but there's one line in the song that you guys sing that says, His thoughts define me. Like, I'm telling you what, that one, one verse alone, those, those, your thoughts define me. Those four words right there was enough to make me want to get out of my seat and run around this building a couple of times because he defines me. 
not the world, not your situation, not the doctor's report, not things going on. He defines me. His word defines me. That's what I have to bring myself in alignment to again and again and again. And I believe that the Lord is saying to us here in 2020, this very last Sunday, that God is about to bring the church in such powerful alignment. Hear me. God is about to bring the church into such a, uh, a position of alignment that we are going to see things in 2020 that we have not seen yet in our lifetime. I just want to, I'm going to say it again, and I'm not looking to hype you up. I really want it to soak in. I believe that God is setting us up for us to experience in 2021 things that we have not experienced. He's bringing the church into alignment with his word. Now, you got to understand, man, i got to be careful so that I don't get into next week and start preaching what I'm going to be talking to you about next week. But it's all about, it's all about alignment. And you got to understand when God begins to bring some things in alignment, some things have got to go. Some things have got to go. And you can't take that into 2021, what you've had in 2020. You know, today I want to talk to you in this last series that we're talking about uh, in, in today, this last message in this series I'm going to talk to you from Matthew chapter 7, so if you want to go there in just a few minutes, Matthew chapter 7, 15 through 23. And this series that we've been in has really just kind of uh, been a playful series in its title, but it's been very meaty in the substance of the word. And what we've taken is we've just taken typical little questions that, um, that you might be asked at, que at Christmas time. Like, have, have you done all your shopping? Have you got your Christmas decorations up? Can I open a present, Daddy? Um, and today, the question that I want us to, to look at is, what did you get for Christmas? Because that's a question that we all get after Christmas when we start running into family is, hey, what did you get for quiz Christmas? And this is uh, Christmas. What did you get for Christmas? And it's basically a question of proof seeking. I used to remember when I was a kid, my little buddy next door, he and I, man, he was so competitive. And, uh, and we would get into this, to this thing like, well, I'm getting this for Christmas. Oh, yeah, well, I'm getting this for Christmas. Oh, yeah, well, mine's going to have, uh, you know, I'm getting a fire truck for Christmas because we both love fire trucks. My dad was a fireman when I was a kid. And, uh, well, I'm getting one with a ladder. Well, I'm getting one that squirts real water. Well, I'm getting one that has flashing lights. Well, I'm getting one that has a siren. And so you know what after Christmas we wanted to do? I wanted to go see if, if you really had it, big boy. Let me see. Let me see what you got. Show me what you got for Christmas. And it's really all about proof seeking. It's really all about show me the proof. You know, today I want us to read uh, Matthew chapter 7. And I want us to look at this because it's really important when it comes to showing me what you've got. All right? You ready? Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Jesus is speaking and he says, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act. You can, pick, can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, you can identify people by their actions. 
In other words, you identified people by fruit. And fruit is actions. And he says in verse 21, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of the Father in heaven will enter. And on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and we cast demons out in your name and we performed miracles in your name. But I'll reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. So as you look at this, there's a, there's a, a parallel scripture over in Matthew chapter 25, uh, verse kind of 40-ish is where it picks up. And it's talking about in the last day, where he's talking about right here, in the last day there will be many that will call out to me. He, he then switches over in that scenario, and he says, on the last day, people will begin calling out to me, and they'll say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these things? And he'll say, no, I don't know who you are. And he says, it will be, the Lord, it will be a time where the Lord will begin to separate the sheep and the goats. The sheep and the goats. And so he, he begins to talk about fruitfulness, but then he switches metaphors and he begins to talk about sheep and goats. And sheep are these that produce a certain kind of fruit and goats are these that produce a certain kind of fruit. And this is what I want to leave you today focusing on is that a follower is expected to bear fruit. Now listen to me. There's this... Thing and, and I believe at times I hear people, I just hear it in their ideology and their theology and their, their ideas, and they've bought into this cheap grace idea. And this cheap grace is that I can do whatever I want because I'm covered by the cross. That, my friend, is a lie from the pit of hell. That is a doctrine of demons that, uh, that the scripture talks to us about. You cannot do whatever you want to do. There is a thing called holiness. There is something that, there is a lifestyle that we are supposed to live. And yes, Holy Spirit does uh, give, give us some latitude in, in things that, you know, like for you, Josh, there may be things about your life that, that you will do that I won't do because it violates my conscience. And I don't judge you for that, but you don't judge me for that. We mutually respect. And so in those instances, Holy Spirit, uh, Holy Spirit through the scriptures says that we are supposed to operate in grace. But there are some very black and white things in scripture that are just cut and dry. And so when it comes to operating in grace... We are covered by grace, but grace does not give us the ability and the, the, the opportunity to just live how we want to. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my suggestions. That's not in the scripture, my friends. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. A command is not a suggestion. A command is, I'm giving you an order... And if you love me, you'll do this. My wife sometimes give me, gives me some orders, and I'm like, this is crazy. It doesn't make sense that i got to put this thing back in the refrigerator with the label sticking out. I mean, I know it's olives in there with it turned around, but she's like, if you love me, if you love me, you'll, you'll turn it to where the label is facing front. So that when I open the refrigerator, it will say olives on the front or whatever. And I'm, I'm like, you know what? There are weeks she'll go away to be with her mama. And I'm like, I put them in a the refrigerator like I want to. But when she comes back, they all in the refrigerator, right? Why? Because I love her. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And when it comes to fruit, like a follower is expected to bear fruit. Like it's not an option. And we've got to get out of that mindset, church. Like we've been saying that declaration since, uh, since January of this year. I was designed to bear fruit. 
We've been saying that for a year. Well, you can't say it. I can't say it. We can't say it and not live that out because we're hypocrites if we do or we're just declaring one big lie. So it's like, you know, man, we have been saying this for a year. So it's like, where's the fruit? There used to be this Wendy's commercial. Anybody? All, all the old folks in the room know it. Uh, the, little, the little old gray-haired lady would come up to the Wendy's uh, uh, counter, and she, she would say, uh, well, actually, she wouldn't come up to Wendy's. It'd be a generic hamburger joint where they'd have these little old tiny patties, and Wendy's was trying to show you, man, we're not like other people. We, we, you know, there it is. Where's the beef? You know, she always would come up with that. So, you know, well, you're my age, so I guess, yeah, you, you would know that, Neil. I was thinking, Neil, you were too young to, to remember that. But that's where she would come from, Neil. She would say, where's the beef? In other words, she was saying, where's the proof? Where's the fruit? You call this a hamburger? Where's the proof? Where's the beef? You know, when we look at, at us, the church, where's the fruit? Now, I'm not saying there's not fruit. I'm just saying it's a valid question to ask. You understand, I'm not saying this because if you're not careful, you will hear my message through your prism, through your filter. I, I, don't, want you, I don't want you to hear it through your filter. I want you to hear it through Holy Spirit filter. It's okay for us. If you, if, you, if you hear it through a filter of, of like you can't receive criticism or you can't receive constructive feedback, you'll take that as I'm, I'm condemning you. I'm not condemning us. I'm saying it is a very valid question for us to ask. Where is my fruit? Can you see my fruit? Can I see your fruit? Do we see fruit in our church? You know? And so a follower is expected to bear fruit. And as we look at, at, at him, Jesus, he goes from this metaphor of talking about being fruitful and really on the last day at the, at the judgment time, what he's looking for is he, when he's saying, you know, I'm looking for fruit. And as I see people coming to me, the Lord is saying, I really see two categories of people coming. And there's good fruit and there's bad fruit. I remember a few years ago when we moved into this building, I put a big um, bowl of fruit in the snack room uh, behind us, in the break room. And I put it out on Sundays and I thought, you know, like, man, this would be a good thing. You know, put some bananas and apples and stuff in there and people would, you know. However, nobody would ever eat the fruit. And so... Or, or so I thought, you know, and, and it would just, you know, go bad or whatever. I, I'd have to give it away. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop buying this stuff because they are not eating it. And so I bought some, um, some beautiful um, green apples, but they were artificial. And so uh, Rachel was telling me, she said, you know, I went in there one morning and I was like, you know, I'm hungry and I didn't get anything for breakfast this morning. And oh, I remember Pastor Rife's always got that fruit in there. And she said, I went in there and I picked up one of those apples. And she said, I literally was about to bite into this thing and realize that it's, it's fake. It's artificial, you know. Hey, there are some times that fruit looks like fruit. It looks healthy, but it's not necessarily healthy. You have to test that stuff. It's okay to test. It's okay. Holy Spirit even says, test me. Test the Spirit to see if this is authentic, if it's accurate. You know, as we look at our fruit today, as we look at the last year, as we look at, we've been talking about this for a year. I look at there are times I look at myself. There are times that I look at people. And we've also bought into this other thing too. Like, you know, every meme is not good theology. Are you with me? Like, memes are modern day political uh, 
cartoons. You remember the days back when we used to read the newspaper and over on the editorial page they would have these political cartoons that would be um, you know illustrating some political point of the day or cultural point of the day. That's what memes are now. And a lot of times we'll look at that stuff and we'll, we'll allow that to become really part of what we believe. And sometimes it's like, you do you, boo. Doesn't that sound good? That's the worst advice you could ever give anybody. Now understand, in context, I get it. It does. Like, you know, hey, don't let anybody define you. You be you. Yeah, but what if you ain't a good version of you? Because that's usually when I hear that term uh, or that phrase being applied. Is, look, you do you, boo. Don't let anybody, you know, criticize you. No, I'm just telling you. We've got to get to a place where, hey, it's okay for you to criticize me. It's okay for you to analyze me. It's okay for you to give me positive feedback, constructive feedback. That's the only way we grow. Are you following me? It's okay, but we've bought into this, this ideology that, you know, uh, you can't give me any constructive feedback. You can't give me any feedback, you, you know, and that's really more about the person than it is you. It's about maybe in some insecurities or, 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 you know, some control issues or things like that that we need to look at. Another thing that we say, you know, uh, you're not the judge of me. I'm the judge of anything I see in you. I'm the judge of what I see. You will know, you will know a fruit. You will know it by... You know, the characteristics of it. The scripture says you'll know that they are my disciples by their love for one another. You, we know each other by what we see in each other. You know a church community by what you, what you uh, experience in that group of believers. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is the fruit? What's, what fruit does this church, what fruit do these people, what fruit do I produce that people can see? I was writing somebody a card recently, and I was saying, like, I don't know if you know this, but you're... You're a role model for me. And I was saying, when I look at you, I look at you and I see things in you that I go, I wonder do people see those things in me? I wonder the way I see it in them. Do people look at me and go, I see that about you. And I said, you're a role model for me. Well, why am I saying that? Because I see fruit in their life that I admire that I want to live up to, that I want to represent in my life. And so this thing that when, it, when we say, you know, you're not the judge of me. Like, don't judge me. Like, who are you to be my judge? Well, if we, the scripture right here says in verse 20, yes, you can identify a tree by its fruits, so you can identify people by their actions. I'm telling you what, when we, when the, the world, listen, there's a verse of scripture and I used to use it, I used to read it inverted. Stick with me, you'll hear what, you'll follow me. It's um, 1 Samuel 16 and 7, I believe. And you'll know it when I begin to quote it. It says, for uh, man looks at the outward appearance but God looks at the heart alright and that's that whole scripture where really the prophet was coming and he was trying to find the, new, the next king of Israel and he's looking at all of Jesse's sons but David was the one who God had chosen and anointed but he was the scrawniest puniest you know least likely one and so we, we say, look, man looks at this, but God looks at the heart. And I would read that and go, that's right. The outside does not matter. That's what I would get out of that scripture. 
That is not what that scripture says at all. You know what it says? It says, yes, God looks at the heart. We should look at the heart. But man looks at the outside first. That's what we see first. I'm just going to tell you, you should think about the way you present yourself to people. I do. I think about what are my facial expressions communicating when I'm, when I'm talking to people. What, what is my body language communicating when I'm talking to people? Listen, don't be, don't be asking for a meeting with me. Don't ask me out for lunch or, or some time and then be on your cell phone the whole time. Because, like, you ask me for a meeting. This is my time I'm giving to you. And then you're going to be on your cell phone the whole time? Put that sucker away. All right? Because I don't do that to people. If you've ever been out with me, you know I will tell you, hey, I've got a message that I have to check this. That's the only thing that's important. I've got to maybe return that. I just want to give you an alert. But my time is yours. All right? And I'm not, I'm not going to be zipping over there and, and, and looking at that. I, I, so anyway, I, I don't want to get more into that. But the point is, is that the way we present ourselves is important. Why? Because man looks at the outside fruit first. The way we talk. The way we interact with people. That's why I'm like, you know, um, I, I tend to try to keep a very cool, peaceful level in every situation because I'm telling you, you cannot, you, you never know who's going to walk up on you. You know what I'm saying? I was in a situation recently in a store and I'm like, I'm about to fix a come unglued. I'm fixing to take my belt off to these people. And I'm just feeling, you know, just like, come on, man, for the love. And all of a sudden, Hey, Pastor Rife. I'm like, hello. <laughs> How are you? You know, but, I, but I, I seriously, I think about that stuff all the time. Like, I'm about to club somebody over the head inside. But on the outside, I'm like, no, because man is looking at the outside. They can't see the righteous indignation inside of me. All they can see is the outside, but, you know, my anger or whatever. It's important how we respond. It is important how what the, outs, the outside of our bodies look. And I'm not talking about tattoos and earrings and piercings and jewelry and makeup. I'm not talking about that kind of mess. I'm talking about how we present ourselves, the actions, the love, you know, that, that shows forth out of us. And I'm telling you what. It even boils down to, I'll try not to get on this soapbox too much, but it, it boils down to our, our social media. And, you know, if you're listening today, watching on, on uh, you know, Roku or where, whatever platform you're watching us today on Facebook or uh, the web stream, listen, our Facebook, our social media, it matters. It matters. And you're never going to please everybody with the stuff that you please. I'm telling you what, I've been accused of being all kinds of things. And I'm like, good Lord, I'm so mild compared to some people. You know, I really am. I, I do not post often and I do not post a lot of, you know, crazy, uh, controversial type stuff as a general rule. Um, you know, I, I may slip every now and then and put something out there, but... The point being that I'm trying to make is like, man, our Facebook, our social media, our Instagrams, our whatevers, that people see that. And, you know, it, it, I'm telling you, I know believers who are leaders who have lost so much influence by what they have posted on their Facebook pages. I'm like, you know what? That's not the fruit. That's not the fruit we should be presenting. Now, I want you to hear me as well. You have a right to your opinion. You have a right to your views on certain things. And I'm not suggesting by any means that you shouldn't use that as a place to express yourself. But at the end of the day, whether you say some political statement or whether you say, you know, something that's cultural or whatever, just make sure at the end of the day, at the end of that post, before you hit boom, that you go, am I saying this in love? Is, 
could, is the person, as I'm putting this out there, is there any love connected to it? Because that's what we're going to be remembered by at the end of this journey. God is going, he doesn't care who's in the Oval Office at the end of the journey. He doesn't care what is happening in, in the uh, cultural uh, setting right now. At the end of the day, it's all going to be about the fruit that we bore in the earth. And I tell you, I believe that God is getting ready. To me, God moves too slow. Anybody else feel that way? Y'all are a bunch of lying folks. He moves way too slow for me. But my timing and his timing, they don't, they don't have to be uh, lined up. For, you know, it, it just needs to be God's timing. And when God is ready to move, when God is ready to put things in order. But I'm telling you, I believe that God is going to bring some things together for us. That we're about to see some things. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, I believe it in my spirit. In the natural, I do not see it. Are you following me? In the natural, I don't see it. And that's where I get frustrated. But I, I was talking to some of our leaders this morning in, in our pre-service rally where we get all of our leaders together. And I said, you know, there are some situations in my life that I can't control, I can't fix. If I could fix it, it would have already been fixed. And at the end of the day, I have to say, God, it's in your hands. I can't do anything about it. And I have to trust that this is something that my God is going to work out for me. That he's going to come through. But I believe that the Lord is getting ready for the church to be poised for. And we got to listen to this. we got to hear it. That God is getting ready to poise the church for something that is anti-cultural. To what we've been witnessing these last several years. And when I say several years. I'm talking about for really a couple of decades. Where we have seen division. And we have seen uh, uh, racial division. We've seen political division. We've seen division in the church world. This is how we do it. And this way is right. And this is the way to do it. And this is the way to do the kingdom. I believe the Lord is getting ready to bring the church into such a time of alignment that we are going to begin, uh, uh, to use a phrase that my dad used to say, clicking on all cylinders. We are about to get to that place where every part of the church is going to begin to operate as it should. I truly believe this. I believe that the, God is looking to raise up a multicultural church uh, in these last days. I believe that God is looking to, while the enemy has sought to divide us racially, while the enemy has sought to divide us politically, while the enemy has sought to divide us even racially, religiously the church is about to come into a, a a period of unity like we've never seen before everybody's not going to jump on board with this but there are going to be some apostolic figures that come into alignment and we are about to see some things that we've not seen ever in our lifetime pastor rife how are you saying that, Pastor Rife? Pastor Rife, you don't even have a keyboardist. Pastor Rife, you don't even have a drummer. Pastor Rife, how can you say these things? I'm telling you, that's what I think in the natural. That's what I think. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm thinking in the natural. Thank God for Stephen. <laughs> Thank God for Stephen. Woo! Thank God for Stephen. You know what I'm saying? In the natural... What I have seen in 2020 has been discouraging. It has been irritating. It has been deflating. But I'm telling you what, God is looking for a people that are fruitful, that bear fruit in every season. And I'm telling you what, I don't know if y'all know what kind of leader in me that you have, but I'm the kind of leader that if it's just me and Shay here on Sunday morning, Holy Ghost is going to show up. We are going to have powerful worship if it's just the two of us. If it's just the two of them and Alan who can't carry a tune in a five-gallon bucket, I'm joking, bro. I'm joking. <laughs> 
uh-uh, he knows I can mess with him like that. But if it's just us and old, old tuneless Alan over here, Holy Ghost is going to show up if we have instruments or if we don't, if we got lights or we don't, if we got preaching or we don't, if we got media or we don't, if we got kids ministry or we don't, we'll bring them in here. Holy Ghost will explode. It'll happen because we are going to bear fruit in every season. That's how it's going to be. And I believe that the Lord is looking for a church like that that will say, hey, I don't have to have all the smokes, light, and glitter and snowflakes hanging from the ceiling. You know, it's nice that we have all of that stuff. But I'm looking for a people who will come in and get a hold of me. I'm telling you, I'm, I am that kind of leader. And I believe that there are some people in this room that you're some uh, of those kind of people. And that I, God is going to reward us. I just believe that with my whole heart, that God is going to reward us. Why are we not experiencing certain things now? Why do we have one musician right now? Why do we have X, Y? I don't know all those answers, but I truly believe that God is bringing us into that place where because of our faithfulness, because of our fruitfulness in a dry season, because of our fruitfulness in the desert place, because of our fruitfulness in the dark place, because of our fruit in the place of the uh, uh, infirmed, the sick, the diseased, we have been a church that has been fruitful. Yeah. I'm telling you what, I have friends that look at me, and uh, this is no condemnation on any of my brothers, but I have friends that look at me and they say, you know, so uh, when did y'all start back? How long have y'all started, uh, been back? And I said, well, we did that little break there because we were trying to give the government, we were trying to honor the government. I'm not sure that was a great idea or not. I thought it was the right thing to do. And I know that some of y'all didn't agree with it and that's fine. You don't have to, but I'm the leader and you're not. And so I made the decision that we're going to honor our leaders in the government. And so we did. And when I start, started realizing like, mm -mm, we're just not going to, we're just not going to shut down like some of these places. And I even stood up here and said, y'all, I don't know if I'll be in jail or what they'll do. Like, I don't know what they will do, but we just came and started meeting guys. And I had friends saying, man, ain't you worried about the media showing up? I'm like, I ain't even thought about the media. Like, maybe I should think about the media. And I'm like, hey, if any media shows up, y'all don't talk to them. You know, I said that to our leaders. I'm like, if any media shows up, and if you see any, if you see Bubba out there, you know what I'm saying? There's always a Bubba somewhere. I ain't being degrading. My brother, I called him Bubba my whole life. I was 13 years old before I realized his name was Edward. I am not, I am not joking. He has a name? I didn't know. I'm like, I, I remember, I'm serious. I remember going over to my friend's house and he's like, you know, Bubba. And I said, really, my brother's name is Bubba too. And he's like, no, his name's not Bubba. His name's this. And I'm like, well, mine's named Bubba. I went back home and I was telling my mama, and she's like, his name's Edward. What's wrong with you, boy? But anyway, there's always a Bubba. And I'm like, if y'all see Bubba out there talking to whatever the news station is. Well, we, we meeting out here and our preacher, he, I didn't want us to start meeting, but he said we had to come to the house of the Lord, and so I'm here. I'm like, if y'all see any Bubba out there, y'all go get him. I said, don't be letting Bubba talk to the media. But listen, we, we hadn't worried about the media. When, when we are talking, with, when I'm talking with some of my friends who are pastors, like they just started meeting literally a few weeks ago. We started meeting because it's the right thing to do. When I started telling them, I mean, come on, look around the building for just a second. It's not a full house. It's a pretty good crowd for the last day of the year. You know what I'm saying? It's a pretty good crowd. But the point I'm saying is like, man, how many are y'all having show up? Because, man, our numbers are so down. And I, like, I promise you I have not thought about numbers. I have not, like, 
my wife is the administrator. Greg's back there. He's the assistant. They know numbers. I never ask them how many we had Sunday. Typically, I'll hear them talk or I'll see it on a report somewhere. But I'm like, you know what? What we do in this house is never, hear me, never going to be determined about how many people we have show up. I, God gave us, he, he really kind of set a low standard for us. He's like, we're two or three. <laughs> like, if you can just get two or three, like, man, if y'all can just get two or three together, I'm telling you, I'm going to be there in the middle of them. I'm like, well, yay, God. Thank you for having so much faith in his Lord. But I'm glad, you know. But I'm, I'm serious. It's never been about the numbers. It's never been about the numbers. It's all about like, hey, when we get together, are we in the mindset of like getting into his presence, letting God do what he wants to do? That's what it's about. And this year, I'm telling you what, when, when people talk, you've heard me say this, indulge me one more time. When Shay was lamenting recently, sometime these past few months, and she is just lamenting over 2020, and I'm like, my God, I'll take two or three 2020s for my 2019, for my 2018. I don't want, I don't, those were rough for me. I'll take 2020. 2020 hadn't been that bad for me, you know? It's been frustrating for me. But it hadn't, it hadn't been that bad for me. Because as I look at it, we have been like that tree that he was reading to us about in our offering time. That's planted by the waters. That, plant, that, that uh, bears fruit in every season. And I'm telling you what, it does my heart good when I see the fruit that God is blessing destiny and destiny families with. You know? I was walking through, I can't wait till I get a chance to share this with you a little uh, more in detail, but I walked over uh, to, went over to Robertsdale and I walked through the building that our Hispanic uh, church has purchased, that you helped us purchase with $20,000. I mean, that was just the part that we gave them. And I'm walking through there and I'm like, guys, it's so cute and it's just, and, and I don't mean that degrading. Or anything like that. I guess I mean it as kind of like a father figure. But I'm like, I'm walking through there and I'm like, oh, this is so cool. You know, it's kind of like a little mini destiny in a, in a way. Like their, their little decorating uh, stuff. How, you know, they've gone in and they're renovating it. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait till I show you pictures of what they did in that building. But the important thing is what's going to happen in that building spiritually. Those are all aesthetics. That's, that's all the outside stuff that man looks at. You know what I'm saying? And all of that stuff has a place uh, in, in it. But I'm like, I'm so excited when I go into it. And I could tell that when I went into it, because I've, I've been going over there regularly watching what they were doing. And as I went in and I saw that there were chairs set up, just a few chairs. So I can tell, like, oh, so in the sanctuary, some leadership's been meeting in here. And they've probably been talking about vision and mission and uh, what God's speaking to us and letting God pour out on them and, Lord, uh, them praying and praying in the Spirit and praying over that building and that region and that town. And it's exciting. And you know what that is, guys? That is fruit. Now, many of you guys don't remember how all of that came about. But I, can't, I stepped off of a plane, and I can't remember. It was maybe 2013 or 14. I don't remember how long ago, but somewhere around there. I stepped off of a plane on a Saturday uh, afternoon, and the next day in service, I was just talking in the middle of the message, and the Lord said to me, you know, it, it's just weird how God speaks and, he, you know, he just kind of interrupts stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's how God is. And he's just interrupting all the time. And I'm preaching and all of a sudden I, I begin to say, and one day we're going to have a Hispanic ministry. And, uh, and I'm like, I don't even know why I'm saying this, you know, but one day God's going to give us a Hispanic ministry. And I said, and we're not going to start it. It's going to be given to us. And the reason it's going to be given to us is because... Uh, uh, other people are not going to want it. They're going to, they're going to, uh, they, 
they don't have a heart for it. And they're just basically, God's going to give it to us because we are going to know how to love it well. And so I'm like, okay, there's that. Don't know, not sure about that. Let me get back to preaching. And after it was over, Philomena, and Philomena, if you're watching, you'll know, you'll remember this conversation. Philomena comes and she says, Pastor Rife, can I just talk to you for about 10 minutes? I want to talk to you about what you said. She said, so have you talked to Pastora Martha? And I, uh, and I knew who Martha was, but I didn't, uh, but I'm like, I hadn't seen her in ages. And I'm like, I don't know who you're talking about. Have you talked to Martha? Pastora Martha, the Hispanic pastor. And she says, you know, um, so I figure you talk since you said all that. And I said, I have no clue what you're talking about, Philomena. And I was like, can you catch me up? She said, all of the stuff you just said on the stage, you haven't talked to Pastor Martha? And I said, no, I haven't talked to her at all. And she said, Pastor, they are no longer able to meet at their church. The church has asked them to leave. And they were at, they were at a time where uh, the government, Alabama, was cracking down on immigration. And there's, there's so much stupidity out there when it comes to, you know, like, People just making up truth, you know what I'm saying? Just making up their version of the truth. And so the church that they were with got scared. And they, they asked them to leave. And they had no place to go. And she said, Pastor Rife, would you, would you talk, at least just talk with her? And I'm like, sure, I'll talk with her. So anyway, we, we met and we talked. And this is a story too long to go into. But at, after that meeting we had agreed that they're going to start coming and they're, they're going to use our building. But this is how we're going to do it. And y'all remember me, how I said it. I said, but you can't use our building. <clears throat> you can't use our sound system. You can't use our microphones and instruments and all of that stuff. You can't use any of that stuff. Um, we're going to get married and when you're married, our ministry is marrying your ministry. And when, we're ma when you're married, I don't have my stuff and you have your stuff. I don't, I don't ask Shay, you know, hey, can I use the washer or can I use the car or can I use... No, because it's hers and mine. We're married. It's together. So when we're married, I respect her stuff and she respects my stuff because we both buy it. When we're married as ministries, you don't get to use our stuff. It's your stuff now. So respect our stuff, our stuff. And that's how we welcome them in to ministry. And if you'll remember how we brought them in is we would sing songs in Spanish and we'd sing songs in English. Remember? And I would have people to come up to me and, and they would say, I had no idea our worship team knew, knew Spanish. And I'm like, they don't. <laughs> they just memorize those words, but it sounds good, doesn't it? And we would sing in Spanish and English. And for about six months, I would preach through a translator or interpreter. And then finally, we branched off and they began having their own service on uh, Sunday night. All of this, guys, is to say fruitfulness. This is fruit. We are bearing fruit in ways that you don't even see. I want you to raise your hand, and we're going to take a second to look at it. This is nothing embarrassing. I want you to raise your hand if you didn't even know any of that stuff that I just said. You're, you're unaware of that. All right, just look around for a second. Keep your hands up. So those of you who have your hands up, thank you. The reason that I wanted you to have your hands up is you're part of something that, you, that it's producing fruit in ways that you aren't even aware of. And then there are so many other things that I could share with you that you probably don't know either, but because you are a part of it, because you so into this church, do you understand? That is attributed to your credit. Even though you weren't a part of it at that point in history, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. 
That's not how God's economy works. But because you contribute, because you sow your offering or tithe here, everything that this church does in every piece of ground and property across the globe, you have a spiritual inheritance with it. So I'm fixing to wrap this up, okay? We're expected to bear fruit. The church is expected to bear fruit. Rife is expected to bear fruit. Quentin, Shay, Lynn, Josh, Brian, we're all expected to bear fruit. The Lord, when, he, when we stand before Him, and not just on the day of judgment, but even now, we are to bear fruit. What are we bearing? You guys, would y'all like to come? I want you to ask yourself a couple of questions. They're going to come. And while they're doing this, I want to do just a little exercise here. So, Pastor Rife, we've been talking about this all year long. What, what does that mean in the long run? I want you to just take a minute. I'm going to ask them to bring the house, house lights down and just give us a few minutes to, to just get into kind of a, reflect, a, a, a reflective mode. And uh, if you have a phone or a tablet or a journal, if you don't have that, pull out an offering envelope from the back of the chair and there's some pins there. And I want you to take some time, just this a little exercise. If you're at home and you've got something that you can write down with, maybe send yourself a text that you can uh, look at later, I want you to ask yourself, like, what am I growing? Like, what, what, what fruit am I producing? Because... If we've been talking about this for an entire year. And just because this is the last Sunday that we're going to focus on this uh, declaration. It's not the last Sunday that we keep declaring it. Amen. It's just that this year we said this is something we are going to um, adopt into our awareness of ourselves. That I was designed to bear fruit. So for the rest of my life, this is something that I'm going to declare about myself. God, I was designed to bear fruit. What kind of fruit am I producing? Would you just take a minute? And I want you to think about what kind of fruit, what evidence shows you're growing and representing Christ. Christ.